You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. You're listening to The Overflow with MC Brooks on GGR Pirate Radio. Swing a fly ball, center field deep. Bellinger going back to the warning track, to the wall. It's a grand slam. Howie Kendrick with a grand slam here in the 10th inning of game five. The Nationals seven, the Dodgers three. Do you believe it? Pull the lever, Frank. Run lever. Yeah, yeah. I'm in my element, like going sign. Thinking it's no that I'm the coldest wine. Get hip to me, cause I'm Mr. Freeze. This victory with a frozen gun. Can't give me the whole Welcome, welcome, like welcome back sign. again, everyone, to a brand new episode of The Overflow with MC Brooks. With me, your host, MC Brooks. Here on the GDR Podcast Network. Got a dope episode lined up for you today. Uh, probably won't be too, too, too long, but, you know, it's something I've wanted to talk about for a while and. Uh, we'll get into that in just a second, but before we do that, make sure you go to greatgeekrefuge.com so you can hear earlier episodes of this podcast as well as several of our other podcasts, such as at the Diner and FedCon. In addition to that, make sure you're following Great Geek Refuge and all of our social media websites. We're Great Geek Refuge on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, where we have a pretty active Facebook community. And if you'd like to support us every month for just a few bucks, we're also on Patreon. And we redid the perks not too long ago, so definitely come check us out on Patreon and, uh, yeah, do that. <laughs> so, this uh, this episode has actually been a long time coming, right? I, I wanted to do this actually back when the season finished, but, you know, I got so caught up with watching other things and just life stuff that I didn't really have time to do it back then. And originally, I wanted to get people. I wanted to get someone to come on and talk about this with me, but unfortunately, I didn't really find anyone else who was willing to come on and discuss this with me. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about Demon Slayer. You know, uh, one of the most popular shonen anime uh, currently in in the world, pretty much. And if you were watching over the course of the spring season then you are not surprised at all to, to hear me say that. Um, because uh, I want to talk about the Entertainment District arc, which was the la- the back half of the most recent season. First half being uh, Mugen Train, but I believe I did an episode on Mugen Train uh, when the movie came out last year. So if you want to hear what I thought about that, I did like it, but if you want to hear me talk in depth about Mugen Train, go check out that, uh, that earlier episode. But I want to talk about I want to talk about the Entertainment District, which was just the final uh, eleven episodes of this most recent season of Demon Slayer. So, uh, just on the front end, uh, there's there's just one thing that needs to be said. Uh, well, two things that need to be said. First of all, spoilers in case you have not watched Demon Slayer. Uh, spoilers. Uh, season's been finished for six months now, so like go watch it, <laughs> and then come back and listen to this podcast. But secondly, what I want to say is Demon Slayer has raised the bar as far as animation, right? I'm going to talk about exactly what I mean by that in a second. But let's let's start off with where we began at the beginning of the Entertainment District arc, which was immediately in the aftermath of Mugen Train. Shout out, RIP, to my boy Rengoku, 
who uh, unfortunately was killed at the end of Mugen Train. Um, and it was a very, very, very sad moment uh, because you really kind of, you, when you watch that arc and watch that movie, you know, you really got a, a feel for him and just how great he was, how awesome he was, how how how, how much he believed also in, in Tanjiro and Nosuke and uh, Zenitsu. And, uh, you know, he, he went out, you know, doing the thing he's supposed to do, protecting the people. And so we, we see that. And then we also at the beginning see Tanjiro uh, go visit uh, Rengoku's father and brother to, you know, pass along his his final message to them. And the one thing I can give Demon Slayer a lot of credit for this season in particular was there was nothing that kind of happened at the end that was not foreshadowed or alluded to early on in the season. So even early on, they begin talking about the scar on Tanjiro's head um, and the fact that it belongs to uh, sun, uh, sun breather, sun, sun breathing uh, demon slayers, right? Sun breathers, I should say. And, uh, you know, Tanjiro, like, fully admits, like, I didn't get the, I wasn't born with it, you know, I got this, you know, uh, protecting my, my brother from some scolding water or something. I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was. Um, and, you know, ultimately, after some, some back and forth, you know, he passes along his final words, and you get to see Rengoku's father, like, slowly allow himself to let his guard down and, you know, have a moment and realize that, like, regardless of how terrible he was to Rengoku, Rengoku still, still had it in him to wish him well before he passed on, right? That was, that, that, that part really got me. It, 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 it definitely got me when I, when I saw it, um, but then right after that, you know, we, we kind of do a little bit of a time skip and we we, we see uh, Tanjiro go get a new sword because, of course, <laughs> but when he comes back, he sees, uh, you know, arguably, quite possibly the, f according to female weebs or male, I mean, pretty much a lot of people in general, the hottest man in anime. From the last season, which would be Tengen Uzui, the sound Hashira, who is trying to take uh, several of the female characters to go with him on a mission. And from there, uh, you know, Tanjiro, Inosuke, and Zenitsu, like, all jump in. And, like, no cap, Tengen's kind of a, he's kind of a dick when you first meet him, right? Like, you kind of, like, <laughs> you kind of bypass it because he, you know, he looks good. And, like, I won't even cap, like, I'm not attracted to men at all, but, like, his design is really cool. He's a good-looking dude, right? Um, so, like, he was kind of a dick at first, right? And you could tell that he was kind of like, well, I mean, I guess. I guess I can take you all instead because you all kind of seem to have experience with fighting and you're part of the Demon Slayer Corps, blah, blah, blah. So then from there, you, you find out that basically they're going to the Entertainment District uh, you know, if you're an adult, you kind of know what that means. It's kind of like, you think of it kind of like the strip in Vegas 
or kind of like the strip in a, in a few different like major cities where you find everything from like strip clubs and nightclubs to just party environments, lounges, all just all food stuff, like all different types of things, right? So the beginning of the arc begins with, well, Tanjiro, Zenitsu, and Inosuke have to dress up like girls and they all get placed in different houses to try to find out what happened to Tengen's wives who were undercover while they're trying to seek out the demon that they know that they feel is there but they haven't been able to locate and get rid of. So like I found this part of the story actually really uh, really cool, really interesting. Um, it's the least interesting part of the arc overall. But there were a lot of humor moments, and, and honestly, I kind of appreciated it because you got to see all of the different characters kind of highlight their own strengths and sh and showcase their intelligence in ways that you probably would not have thought of, right? Like, if we're thinking in terms of tropes, like Inosuke is the the strong but not smart one, right? Like he's he's the one who's really brash, he's really strong but doesn't think too much about much of anything. And, you know, kind of a lot of times needs the direction from a Tanjiro type of character. But even with that, you got to see that there's like, Inosuke is not someone who's lacking intelligence. It just, for him, it manifests in a very different way than it does for, for Tanjiro. And we see that actually at several points, especially once we get to the, the, the fighting part of, uh, this arc in particular, but even how like Inosuke was able to diagnose or like figure out the de that the, the demon was in his house and where it was in particular, like that's that's something like that's something I think he deserves a lot of he deserved a lot of credit for. And again, it's the same thing for for kind of all of them because even even Tanjiro. Um, <laughs> being the, the, like the goody two shoes that he was, um, you know, it was really just trying to figure out things, but, you know, what by omission and, you know, but, but getting little tidbits of information to try to figure out, okay, what exactly happened. Same thing. And then, and then you have to shout out Zenitsu too, because he was the one who actually was the first one to locate one of Tengen's wives. And unfortunately, he ended up getting wrapped up in um, in uh, Daki's, um, what are they called? Uh, I, was, I was about to call them robes. I can't even think of what they're called right now. But he gets he gets them getting tied into that. But like, like I said, you have to give them credit, right? You have to give them a, a ton of credit for stuff like that. I mean, Demon Slayer doesn't have a ton of like major characters that you're following. It's not this wide group of people. It's really only four of them. And then you have like others who kind of pop in and out depending on what it calls for. You have Tanjiro, you have Nezuko, Zenitsu, and Inosuke. And in many ways, all four of them got their own upgrades and were very clutch at various points throughout the case of throughout the case of this. As I mentioned, going through their own investigative uh, skills, they managed to kind of unearth uh, uh, what's her name, Wire. Waru Bihime, I believe her her name is initially, but it's Daki, the demon we be, we eventually be, you know get uh, become known to as, as Daki, and actually, upon finding you know kind of like her second her food source location underground, that's kind of one of the first ways in which we see some foreshadowing because Inosuke, in order to fit through the hole to kind of get through this this area, 
like he reveals that he's able to kind of like shift and uh and like unhinge like different like really maneuver his body and his insides to like kind of fit in spaces so as long as his head can fit somewhere he himself can maneuver through it kind of the way that he needs to which is an important thing for what ends up uh, ends up happening uh much later but you know he ultimately ends up finding uh ends up fi- ends up finding the food source um, and Tangan also ends up going and saving there, uh, saving, uh, saving the, as well. And that's kind of where the action really gets started, because right around then is around the same time that we see uh, Tanjiro first come face to face with Daki. And this, like from, I would say from this moment on, and I believe that happens very early. That's like episode four, I want to say. From episodes four through eleven, four through ten, I should say, because eleven was really the aftermath of everything that happens. But from four through eleven, you get a combination of pushing the story forward, growth from all the characters, and some incredible fight scenes, and some with some incredible animation. As I said earlier, Demon Slayer really raised the bar for for battle shown in anime as far as animation. Like, you see, like, really dope-looking fight scenes, but, like, if they had a budget of, like, of like $90 million, $89 million of that went to the animation budget, and it showed. It showed, which is not to say that the show was lacking every you know, in, in any other area, because I personally don't believe that it was. For me, Demon Slayer was a week-to-week watch. I Every, every week, I was tuning in, like, nope. Uh, Sunday, uh, Sunday at um what was it i think 11 saying that sunday at 11 i was like all right yep the new episode comes out immediately go to hulu go to Crunchyroll, wherever and watch the new episode because duh <laughs> um but yeah like from from about episodes four on we get uh we, we get uh like a, a good combination of things that i mentioned before and i think re- the interesting thing too was when you're kind of watching and learning about Tengen and his backstory, because he's the new character in the season, one of uh, one of the several new characters, and he's a Hashira, but we haven't, we didn't see him, we didn't really spend any time with him previously. So like Tengen Uzui, he's a sound Hashira. He has three wives. He's in a polyamorous situation, um, and he and all of his wives are all shinobi, right? And Kind of like the cool thing that you see is like when you learn more about his backstory and kind of how he became who he is, right? And you see that, you know, most of his brothers have died. And his own philosophy was born out of not wanting to be like his father and his brother. And it all came to a head, especially when that exact thing is what ended up getting uh, his brother killed, you know, uh along with so many of uh, his siblings as well. And I just thought that was that was kind of really cool because you got to learn about him and it didn't feel like it it distracted away from any of the story that 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 uh that took place. And <clears throat> excuse me. I want to say it was like episode 5 or 6 or excuse me if I just talk about episodes 4 and 5 in particular with with uh with Tanjiro in which you get to see in real time kind of the difference in power scales, right? Between, or power levels, excuse me, between Tanjiro and someone like Daki, who is probably on the lower end in terms of like strength, 
but like compared to Tanjiro in a one-on-one situation was was like a lot for him <laughs> uh it uh, was a lot for him but you know and I thought that was really that was that was kind of interesting to see but again it's a it's a testament to Tanjiro being smart and being very observant and figuring out of like figuring out a way to kind of even the playing field is kind of the best way I can say it. So we see him, we see him kind of realize that he can't use the Hinakami Kagata uh, as much as he would like because it just it takes too much it takes too much out of him and he his body is just not there yet where he can use it with it on a consistent or regular basis and so he has to rely on that a little bit of that but more on his water breathing and just his his regular recovery breathing techniques to kind of keep track of everything and even when he kind of makes himself seemingly stop breathing for a moment that's when he kind of evens the playing field but even in that moment he's still not really a match and it takes nezuko uh coming to save him and it and like honestly this was kind of the one of the best things for me in terms of Nezuko's own progression being a demon who does not eat people was that in this in in this you know she's she's generally able to kind of keep herself in control but I think because of the threat level of Daki where we see Nezuko kind of let herself go because when she lets herself go that's when she that's how she's able to kind of really manhandle Daki in the way that she does the fact that Daki literally splits her in half and tears her like limb from limb and Nezuko is able to use her own blood demon abilities to not only keep herself together but to like like rip Daki a new one to say the least <laughs> and it's and it's awesome but the unfortunate reality the unfortunate reality is that uh well Daki is just one demon and not even the demon that Tengen was was searching for and we see this uh, this cool moment too, where you see Nezuko like really wrestling, you know, with the fact that she knows she's not supposed to, but because she let herself go, she she can't rein herself in like she is normally able to. So it literally takes Tanjiro coming in to save her and and kind of wrestle her down. And it was such an adorable little throwback with the the lullaby that he kind of sings to her to to kind of calm her down. I absolutely, I love that moment. And then Nezuko kind of ends, ends up back in the box because obviously she needs to rest after that point. But when Tengen shows, that's also when Tengen shows up, um, you know, swiftly outpacing uh, Zenitsu and Inosuke uh, while after getting them all out from the underground portion. Excuse me. And again, you see the difference in power levels. Like if, if it were just Daki... That it was worried that, that he were worried about, like he didn't he moved so quickly that he it didn't even look like he moved at all when he beheaded her. However, that's also when we got the the revelation that Daki's not the demon that they've been looking for. And on top of that, uh, Daki was is is linked to her brother who is the demon that they've been searching for, uh, Gyotaro. And Gyotaro is, oof, let me tell you. I'm not someone who gets creeped out very easily. I'm not someone who gets grossed out very easily. I'm not someone who gets unsettled by things very easily. However, however, this man was creepy as hell. 
<laughs> Yotaro was very, like, just looking at him made me feel, ah, you know, like, like I just had stuff crawling all over me, you know what I'm saying? And then just on top, just, uh, it's just gross. Then the way he talked on top of it, it was just, ugh. It just, it just, it made me feel very disgusting. <laughs> but it, which, which I guess is a testament to not only the design of him, um, but also his characterization and the, the voice acting because, ugh, right? But from that moment, because Yotaro, I think, shows up in episode seven. Yeah, we see how much of a bad boy that man is because, whew. Tengen had his hands full. Uh, I mean, they all had their had their hands full with him, realizing that he has a he has quite a few uh, different moves, and the the she, the scythes that he that he wields are also laced with poison, which is how he kills people, right? So we get uh, you know some phenomenal fight scenes. Like obviously, I'm going to talk about the never give up episode because that's kind of like the big highlight from this episode from this season but even when you look at the animation uh the fight scenes from episodes seven through nine um like you can like there was a lot of really incredible craft work and camera work that went into making the the animation look really good the fact that you got like oscillating camera shots and you know like it wasn't a still thing you got to feel like you were literally in the middle of the action while you're watching uh, the boys face off against Daki or watching Tengen face off against Gyotaro or, you know, whichever combination, excuse me, of things that were popping up at the time. Um, f- fantastic. And again, in, I want to say episode, in episode nine too, we again get to see another example of Inosuke's like intelligence kind of really pop up. Because again, like trope wise, you kind of look at him as just a character who's not very smart. But he's the one who notices that Daki's movements have become a little bit slower. And so because of that, he's able to use his um, his eighth fang. I can't remember what it's called, like Hog Rush or something. Where he literally just blitzes at Daki. And then when he gets to her, uses his sixth fang to behead her in that moment. But unfortunately, because you need to... You know, you need to behead both of them in order for this to work. Uh, Inosuke does do the smart thing, though, and try to run off with the head so that he can't, uh, so that Gyotaro can't reattach it because, you know, he has done that, like, at least twice already uh, since entering the fray. Uh, but then we get the first kind of, one of the first really horrifying moments. One of the first moments where everything seemingly gets really bleak and was Gyotaro pops up out of nowhere and stabs Inosuke through the chest. You know, seemingly killing him. Seemingly killing him. And getting Daki's head. And then from there, we see Tanjiro try to figure out, well, what happened to Uzui if Gyotaro's here? And he sees Uzui covered in blood and, you know, just laying there seemingly lifeless. And then, you know, with Gyotaro then, you know, using his rotating circular slashes, we see him level the building, but Zenitsu being the the smart one he is, uh, you know, pushes Tanjiro off so that he isn't killed and he's able to perhaps survive the fall. Which then brings us to the famous episode 10. Now, 
before I talk in depth about what we saw and what I thought of what we saw, I want to say just, again, this episode for me is one of the greatest anime episodes I've ever watched. From start to finish, and the back half of it, the back half of it in particular is one of the greatest anime things I have ever watched. I've been watching anime for over 20 years. It is one of the best anime things I have just ever, ever, ever watched. Right, so it starts out, you know, kind of putting everything at its bleakest. Right, Inosuke is seemingly dead. Tengen is seemingly dead. Zenitsu is buried under a bunch of rubble, seemingly dead. Right. And all that's left is uh, Tanjiro and uh, um, and uh, Nezuko, who is resting in the in the box. And you know, much like the the thing with all villains, with all bad guys, is they often have ego. So like, instead of just doing the thing that they should do, which is just killing like straight up, they have to talk and like hear themselves talk and like mess with people, right? So. That's also when we kind of see some of the pair, like the the first hintings of like there being some parallels between Tanjiro and Gyotaro in terms of Gyotaro is doing that everything that he's doing for his sister, much like Tanjiro is for him. However, Gyotaro, being the per, being the demon that he is, is like being a real asshole about it. He's like, oh, she's protecting you, and you're supposed to be protecting her. Like, kind of weakling are you, right? And um, but that's when Tanjiro is able to kind of also enact his plan so earlier we see one of uh uh uzui's wives uh shoot a bunch of kunai at gyotaro um these are laced with a certain type of poison tanjiro seemingly gets his hands on one headbutts gyotaro and stabs him with it uh which you know weakens his body and allows tanjiro to get an advantage and try to decapitate him because at this point the belief is still, well, if we decapitate him, that should, in theory, eliminate Daki. They don't know that for sure, but that's the working idea since he is the the, the bigger demon um, in this moment. So then from there is when everything really kicks off, right? Daki tries to jump in the fray. Zenitsu seemingly comes out of nowhere um, and just like eliminates a bunch of her robes or like I, I really wish I could remember what they're called. Um, and then he does arguably the first one of the craziest things I think we've all ever seen. Because I'm pretty sure I've watched all of the uh, we've wa I've watched all of the like reactions to people uh, uh, who who watch this live. You know, there are people. Who uh, you know? Who who uh, you know? Review these live, and what are they? I think they're ribbons. That's what the, I guess I'll call them ribbons because that's kind of it's pretty much what they um, what they are. So um, Zenitsu then goes godlike speed. We've only seen Zenitsu to this point only use a thunder breathing first form, right? So. Uh, but this is, but usually the way it works too is he will like say a number one through ten to kind of use the the power level so he can shift the scale of power as he as he seemingly uh, needs it, right? So at that point, he uses godlike speed, which beautiful animation moment, and this man literally just speed blitz her, speed speed blitzes her, and is is literally dragging her across the sky, you know, 
by the, by the ribbon keeping her head and body together in that moment. Um, and like he is saps that that move comes at a cost though. It saps the strength from his legs, so like he Zenitsu doesn't have enough in that moment to really finish her off. So he, the the hope is that you know drag her across and hope in hopes that it cuts off. Now, after that moment, unfortunately, we see Gyotaro pull the kunai out, and he starts immediately blitzing after Tanjiro. And you're just kind of, like, amazed that Tanjiro is even able to, like, defend himself as much as he's able to. Because Gyotaro is, like, really wrecking shop at this point, not holding back at all. Just when it all seems bleak, just when Tanjiro is about to get stabbed in the eye, when he realizes all hope is lost, out of nowhere comes... Tengen doing his best Zoro from One Piece impersonation, which is, I kind of wonder if that was kind of an allusion to that, and not not because his hand has been cut off, but because, uh, because he did uh one of, uh his one of Zoro's like poses, uh the the one people most associate with him with the one sword in his mouth. And then holding both swords in his hands, but they're like crossed under him, right? Now, obviously, because he's missing a hand, it's not a one-to-one thing. But Tengen comes out of nowhere and immediately saves Tanjiro. And it is like, it is like, I, I don't know about y'all who watched it, but I personally, like, I got, I jumped out of my chair. I got so hyped when I saw that happen. Because I was just like, yo, what the, what, what? And, <laughs> and, um. From there, we see Tengen use his musical score technique, and then we get one of the best fight animations ever. Like, I'm not sure I have the words to properly describe this fight scene, but it is one of the most epic fights that you will ever watch. Like, it is movie-level quality, but just in a, in a regular episode of Demon Slayer. It is, it is the, 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 the colors are vibrant, the the voice acting was incredible. The action itself was was very was was uh, was incredible and very back and forth, and you really just weren't sure like how this was gonna go, and like like I much like Tanjiro forgot to breathe when he was facing off against Daki earlier. Like I forgot to breathe because it was such a breathtaking sight to see in terms of what is happening here. What on earth am I watching? What is happening here? And even and and uh, it concludes with 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 uh, Tanjiro was like keeping up as as Gyotaro and Uzui are like fighting all around the district at this point. Uh, we see Gyotaro break you know uh, break Uzui's uh, sword chain, connect keeping his swords together, and he gets his arm sliced off. But then you know he then stabs Uzui in the eye. And Tanjiro jumps, and then, again, it feels really terrible because you thought that was going to be the moment. And then he stabs Tanjiro under under his chin, and the blade is like, is like into his mouth. It's like pierced into his mouth, which I can't imagine like the kind of pain that is. That's already kind of like a soft spot, <laughs> if you will. And like I just can't imagine the pain that you're, you, like, you're already enduring. As a teenager, from having all this fighting and stuff going on, then you get stabbed right, right there. Oof. But then you know, Chandra being the shonen hero that it is, that he is, we get a nice callback. 
we get we get a night we get a nice callback, and Tanjiro swings his sword and is like, "I have to go next level with it." And then we see his scar transform, and I like I I want my people to grow out of this habit of calling every power up someone going Super Saiyan like. Anime existed before Dragon Ball Z. Anime, better anime has come out since Dragon Ball Z. A transformation is not going Super Saiyan. Like, please, please stop saying that. But Tanjiro seemingly taps into that sun breathing form, right? Which is also a callback to, uh, which is also a callback to uh, Daki realizing that Tanjiro, I guess Tanjiro's father or the the man who raised him. I'm not. I'm. I'm I'm blanking as to like the the story behind uh, that whole thing right there. Um, saying similar words and so seeing him that happened there, like it was a hype moment. It was a hype moment, and you see Tanjiro's like he's finally starting to cut through. And and in that moment, we we go back over and we see Zenitsu again dragging Daki among uh, across the sky, but she's starting to regain some of her strength, so she's seemingly. About to use her ribbons to cut him up, and then boom! Out of nowhere comes the Hog Hero himself, Inosuke, popping up out of nowhere, saying that again, a callback to something that was done earlier in the series, that he can shift around his internal organs. His manipulating his body is nothing to him. So him getting stabbed in that moment, yeah, it in theory should have killed him if he didn't have that ability, right? So. Which, like, don't ask me to explain, like, how exactly one would be, even be able to do that. But it, it, it they explained it in show, so it's it's definitely a thing. So, with that being said, he then helps Zenitsu, you know, cut. And then we get this great scene, and we see all of them screaming and just putting all of their strength into it. And they get beheaded. They, they, they do the thing. They, they behead... Uh, both Gitaro and Daki, and I gotta say, I'm not a parent. I have a I have a dog that I, that I love and care for very much. That is my boy, but um, yeah, they, I just I felt like a proud parent just seeing my boys come come this far, and behead two upper rank demons, at that way above their current power levels, but they did it. And they accomplished so much, and you can tell that they got the respect of Tengen, too, who went from being like a dick to them at the beginning to to realizing, oh no, these boys got it. Like these boys are it. They, like they 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 got it. <laughs> they they really do. Um, but that wasn't for that. Unfortunately, that wasn't where the story ends, uh, because Girotaro then reveals one last. Rotating circular slashes, which seemingly destroys, uh, uh, you know, a lot of what's left of the entertainment district, and kind of like a last attempt to like kill. Like, if I'm gonna die, I'm gonna take all of you with me too. But then we see in the final episode, Nezuko kind of stops a lot of them. Nezuko, who ends up being really clutch because you know, seemingly all of them being poisoned should kill them, but fortunately, Nezuko has a blood demon art. She's able to absorb to cleanse their bodies of poison and they end up being okay in the end. And so Zenitsu wakes up and he's, you know, back to whining and crying as usual. And um oh, excuse me. And uh Inosuke 
Well, in those cases, actually, the first one that gets the poison cleansed, and then he, you know, he needs to eat food, and then Tengen is trying to say his last words, and then Nezuko, like, heals him too, which causes all his wives to fight. And then he Tengen immediately announces his his retirement, um, which is which is a, a callback to, you know, something that one of his wives had said earlier. It might have been Suma, who says that they, you know, that you know maybe they should consider, you know, doing something good because of all the lives they've they've all taken. You know, maybe they should consider doing something good and then um, retiring and just living as civilians. Which is what ends up happening in the end. Uh, news of what happens, you know, kind of goes around or gets around to uh, the other Hashira, as well as the head of the other Hashira, whose name escapes me. And, you know, unfortunately, Akaza and obviously Muzan obviously get word of this as well. The two upper rank demons have been killed, which is, you know, which seemingly is seemingly going to turn the tides in, in many ways, right? And then we, you know, we kind of end with all of the crew, Nezuko, Tanjiro, Sinitsu, and Inosuke all hugging each other and being very happy that they all, like, survived, right? And I, I just got to say, this, like, Demon Slayer was just, it was a week, it was week to week, one of the best things. that It was, it was must-watch TV, and I'm, I'm sorry that it took me this long to talk about it. But I had so much other stuff going on, and I really wanted to allow, allow. I wanted to sit with it too, but I rewatched it very recently, and got myself reacclimated with it. And even though I knew everything that was going to happen, it felt like I was watching everything again for the first time, and I absolutely loved it. It it was it was so good. It was it was entirely too good for words. Um, so I hope this podcast did this justice. Uh, immediately after finishing the season, I had to go read the manga. So I started reading uh, what's going to be the next arc, the, Smart, the Swordsmith Village arc, which is really good. I'm very excited to see this animated when, when uh, the next season of Demon Slayer comes out next year. Um, but yeah, Entertainment Arc District was absolutely phenomenal. If you are a fan of anime and Demon Slayer Shonen, like, please go watch this show. It is really it is excellent, right? It, the, the animation is top tier. Like, it's real. In fact, let me address that too, because one of the things I see people sometimes say is that Demon Slayer is carried by its animation, without realizing that like your show should be carried by your animation. That's like the thing re people are watching for. Like, yes, you want your story and your characters to be solid as well. They're all important, but. A show having great animation does not mean that it's empty outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, most of the bad things you can say about Demon Slayer are things that are true for just shonen anime in general. However, even with it not having the most creative or reinventive plot in the world, it's still an enjoyable watch. The characters are still written very well. The fight scenes and the action scenes and the animation is all elite-tier stuff. Right? So, like... Saying that it's carried by his animation is not it's not an insult. It's a good thing. You should want the animation for your anime to be good. <laughs> so, like, I, I just found that to be just complete nonsense. Ignore those naysayers. Um, all in all, Entertainment District Arc was fantastic. Uh, I would give it a 10 out of 10. I think it's it's a perfect, perfect anime season. It's, uh, sh it's, it's short to only 11 episodes. It doesn't waste your time. Because even the stuff when they're undercover is important. 
like you have to build up the story like the story can't just be the fighting itself you have to have build up so that it makes sense and with all the foreshadowing and with things uh, making logical sense that take place in it i i can't really i don't have any real complaints about it although i do want more nezuko like i want her to be more part of it but i understand that there are limitations of it because of her being a demon and the fact that you know she can only really do stuff at night you know what i'm saying or in shadows well no this season was great if you have seen this uh please let me know what you think if you uh are go watch it after you listen to this which doesn't make sense because i just spoiled the entire thing but definitely go ahead and uh just let me know what you think because i very excited about the next season of demon slayer and uh yeah i hope you all very much enjoy it too um I mean, I just did. I just did this entire podcast gushing about it. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's so, 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 so good. The Never Give Up is definitely one of the best anime episodes I've ever watched. But that's all I've got for you all this week. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening once again. Make sure you go to GreekGeekRefuge.com where you can find earlier episodes of this podcast as well as several of our other podcasts. Make sure you're following Great Geek Refuge and all of our social media accounts: uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And if you'd like to support us, we're also on Patreon as well. Catch you all next week. That being said, peace out. Catch you on the flip side. This has been Pirate Radio Network Production Juice Bags. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, boy.